everybody. Welcome back to the Debrief Podcast. I am joined here by the 97th Air Mobility Wing Command Team, Colonel Baker and Chief Flores. And we have a special guest here on Episode 3, Staff Sergeant Ganey. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, gentlemen, how are you? Doing awesome. Yeah, the opportunity to do podcast number three yep. with a yep. great host. And we got Sergeant Ganey here, which we're really excited to set off and embark on episode number three. It's going to be awesome, I think. Yes, sir. Life's good. I mean, we just we had one of the busiest months up until now, yeah. whether it's flying or medical ops or just hosting some amazing, amazing people that have left quite the legacy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been it's been one heck of a month. For it sure. really has been one heck of a quarter and having the vice chief here was absolutely incredible. General Alvin was just very prescient with his perspective and for our airmen to get his his thoughts and hear directly from him was fantastic. The exchange was highly valuable and then we had 11 homecomers that came, graduated wing commanders and command chiefs and just was really special, really special week. And then you cap that off with all the incredible work the team's been doing to just job it. I appreciate you guys already bringing up uh the legacy the spear that happened because it it was really i think it was really important for for our base and i wanted to get uh, your guys's perspectives on a lot of these gentlemen were in your places you know years ago and how did it feel like seeing these people it, it was a really special night the moment that we got them all back for the icebreaker was the moment where they all reconnected and the idea here is really to connect those amazing leaders with our airmen. And so there can be an exchange and of course to take care of them and welcome them back. This is, this is mobility's hometown. So bringing them back. And, you know, we saw Sergeant Ganey out there with, with the rest of the team. It was amazing. The, the atmosphere was electric. It really was. And so it was, it was incredible. I think, and, and the perspectives that they shared with our airmen just were beyond valuable. So it was a, it was a great, I thought it was a great week, a great moment. And maybe, maybe you could share too and chief jump in too. Um, at the tailgate, getting to see everybody, um, actually like tailgate, like tailgate style yep. where you like go to different trucks and trailers and tents and stuff like at the football games, all the squadrons came together and they were sharing everything. And I thought it was really cool to that we all came together and Colonel Carney was like, this is amazing. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And so it, who was Colonel Carney when he was your wing commander here. Now he's General Carney. Oh, yeah. And then it was really cool to see the vice chief and General Alvin circulate. And that's the way that tailgate was designed and to make his way through and have airmen coming up. And actually, um, we had Sergeant Treat came up and had a strategic level conversation. So a master sergeant in our wing had a strategic level conversation with General Alvin about some of the things going on in world events and uh, what's going on. And, and I was blown away to, to see that exchange happen right there in front of my eyes and, the, and that there was definitely some great dialogue between those two. Yeah, and from the command chief side of the house to have four of our previous command chiefs, a lot of them with multiple command chief mm -hmm. tours and they still think uh, so fondly about this place. Uh, I mean, they were emotional, they told stories, they shared stories with our folks. Uh, but every single one of them, all four of them said this is their number one base. 
that they've been at. So hopefully I'm not giving some insider baseball that they don't want hurt. I won't use any names, but uh, <laughs> uh, to hear that was, was pretty powerful and just goes to show the mystique and really uh, the legacy of the spear. It's yeah. live and true. It's there. It's real. And I, I think a sleeper perspective, too, is uh, I had the opportunity to follow the key spouses and the importance that they have and just making sure they're educated on and informed on what, what's going on around base as well. That's a great point. And that does tell the whole picture. And that portion with Miss Alvin was really valuable too. being down at the spouse employment center, engaging with key spouses, some of the civics, um, just putting all that together. So really what the team pulled off, we're really proud of this team. I mean, they pulled off a visit from our vice chief of staff of the Air Force, General Alvin. In parallel to that, they pulled off a visit from Miss Alvin. And in parallel to that, our 11 other homecomers that between them, we had two retired three stars, two retired two stars, three one stars, and four command, four chiefs. command chiefs. That's really really special and really difficult to to pull that off and i think we honored everybody appropriately in the process so yes, thanks sir. for thanks for bringing that up it was a, it was a monumental achievement yeah my 21 year career i've never seen a more dynamic dv visit and for us to pull it off the way we did uh just exceptional work from our team and uh, i cannot thank them enough or praise them enough really that, that was an incredible effort yeah absolutely um, well while we have Sergeant Ganey here, I guess we can ask her some Yeah, questions. back to our guest of honor. Uh, back to our guest of honor, please. Yeah. Um, we just wanted to give her time to think through <laughs> yeah. where she wants to go with this. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but right away, we'll just dig right into it. And I'd, I'd love a brief introduction from you. You know, who are you? What do you, what do, you do here for, for the mission here at Altus Air Patch? Um, yeah, we'll start there. Um, well, I'm Sergeant Ganey. I work at the 54th Air Fueling Squadron. I am a... Go Jester. <laughs> yeah, go Jester. I am a Squadron Aviation Resource Manager, so I make sure everybody is legal to fly on those jets when they step. And I track all the hours and all that fun stuff. Um, one question we asked, well, everybody so far, uh, a couple, uh, you know, where... When did you join uh, the military? If if you are prior uh, other service like chief here, but the Air Force. Ooh. When did you <laughs> When did you join the Air Force and uh, why? You know what's your, what's your origin story right there? Oh, um, so I've been a military brat my entire life. My dad did thirty yep. years as a C one thirty loadmaster. Uh, he just retired. I want to say like six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing him do the Air Force life, just was like, all right, this is it for me. I'm not going to college, like Air Force it is. So at 16, I went down to MEPS and I swore in and everything like that. And then- I, At 16? Yeah, they let me go in at 16. And then I didn't ship out until like 18, but I started the MEPS process and the delayed entry and all that stuff at 16. And then I graduated high school and I left in November of 2009. And then I got stationed back at Travis with my dad. So I was never Airman Ganey. I was always, oh, you're Chief's daughter. So yeah. it was nice, but uh, that's some that, pressure. That's though. like a. There's a lot. No. There's a lot. That's a blessing. I imagine mostly a curse, depending on how you look at it. Right. Yeah. From a military perspective. 
it was it was a blessing looking back. It was a blessing looking back, but I had a lot of uh, lessons learned at Travis. Um, one time I uh, I worked in the harm at Travis, and then I uh, had to do records reviews for Colonel. So like we would come to your office to do your records reviews, and I parked in the visiting commander spot because I was there visiting the commander. So oh, wow. I thought like that was the spot for me. <laughs> So <laughs> I go in the office and his secretary gives me a look and she's like, what are you here for? And I was like, I'm here to do this records review. And she's like, oh, okay. And she goes in his office and he comes out and he's just got this grin on his face. And I was like, hey, so are you ready to do your records review? And he's like, yeah. I saw, I see you parked in the visiting commander spot. And I was like, well, I'm here to visit you. And he's like, that's not what that's for. So it was a, it was a quick lesson learned, you know. Yeah. It was exciting. But no, I... I joined in 2009, I got stationed at Travis, and then I got stationed in New Jersey, and then I got Altus, and now I'm here. That's cool. Did you did you graduate high school at Travis? Then? I did. So you came back to your hometown, mm -hmm. at least your high school graduated hometown yep. for your first time. That's wild. Mm -hmm. You can almost say that's your mobility's hometown. <laughs> right? But it's not. This is mobility's hometown. Let's be clear what a, what a great story. Um, and it's one, and it's interesting. What where, where would the debrief go? Would it go to the airmen that parked there, or to the air force for not being crystal clear yeah. on who can park? I can almost say There's definitely uh, interpretation well in there. Yeah, yeah. You, you give some credit for the uh, interpretation on that one. Did they change the sign, or did everybody get it right after that? No, I think they, everybody just got it right after that. <laughs> I went back and briefed the office, and I was like, "Hey, if you see this parking spot, it's not for you to park in." It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but. Gentlemen, you asked Sergeant Ganey to be here on the podcast personally. I'm I'm curious, what made you want to invite her on the podcast? Yeah, I think this was a no-brainer. We were working, obviously, the, the pattern is clear. We're working our way up our structure, and we're in the NCO structure, and so... It, it it is interesting at the the wing level that we operate at. There are some names that just become household names because of the performance of the members, and so Sergeant Ganey is absolutely one of those folks. We we this we we kind of spitballed on this a little bit of you know bar napkin. Hey, who are we going to pull into the next one? And Chief and I have this thing where when it's the right person, we both just know it, and so we we kind of bounce back and forth on a few different. We we chewed on this a little bit. And then, I don't know if I said it or you said it, I think it was you actually, and you said Ganey, and I said Ganey, Sergeant Ganey. That's it, without a doubt. Um, <clears throat> I think it's just the fact that we know the great work that she's been out there doing. And so when you're an NCO and you have impact at the wing level to the point where the wing leadership team recognizes that and sees it, that's a that's a bring her, bring her in and, and put her on the podcast. That's, that's what I think. What do you think, Chief? Absolutely, so we had, Strength. We had uh, our our previous um, Scotty Shoemaker here, and he had a presence about him, right? And I think uh, Ariel herself, and that's her first name, by the way. She she's not just staff sergeant. So <laughs> she has a first name. Um, she had a presence about her. I actually met you. I th the first time I recognized meeting you was at Air Power Leadership Academy, uh, which we kicked off our inaugural class uh, back in late summer. And uh, Sergeant Ganey was, was yeah. in that class and right away stood out. Um, she was active, but not dominating the conversation. She had great insight, great presence. You can tell right away, charisma all around. And when I got invited to this, I thought I was gonna do a lot of the talking, 
um, I said maybe 70 words because that's how involved uh, the, the, the class was, specifically Sergeant Ganey and how powerful that was. And then you transition from that environment to the 54th and I get, and I, and I get to be a uh, proud boom operator even now. Um, one, I know, I know I'm flying safe if we have a person of her caliber in that office, but when you walk by there, you can tell the airmen have high morale uh, because they have, a, they have an amazing leader that's gonna take care of them, but also hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. You talk about that uh, coach versus cheerleader. Yep. Uh, she's the epitome of a coach out there. You can tell uh, invest in her airmen, um, they believe in her, uh, but she also holds them accountable. And I would venture to say she probably pushed into that line, never exceeding that, which I thought was awesome. And recently, one of her airmen got to pay me a visit, and uh, you can tell he was calm because he had Sergeant Ganey there with him uh, to make sure that uh, um, she was going to hold the line and, and make sure that uh, if there was feedback to give, even to the command chief, it was going to be said. So his household name and perhaps my perch point has been a little bit different just because of the uh, interaction I get as a boom operator. But sir, you get to, you get to fly with us. No, I do. Too, over there, and, so. and I've seen, I've seen the good work over there too. Absolutely. See, see you out, you know, getting, getting things moving and keeping the mission going over there. And by the way, the work she does is what ensures safety of flight. The fact that we, we must know that every single person is certified, that every single person is current, that they should be at the controls or at the boom of that aircraft. And, and that's where it gets done. So it's, it's, it's life and death that's happening there in the sense of flight safety. So, I mean, my hat's off to, to the team that, you know, that's the level of professionalization of a force. This is what makes us the big leagues. I, I don't mean that from a place of hubris. I mean that from admiration for our team. Uh, that's, that's the big time. That's, that's the level of professionalization that it takes that we know with great confidence, without a doubt, that when that crew steps to the jet, they're ready to go. They're safe. They're trained. They're current, and they're ready to fly. So, yeah, I've seen them working over there too. Yeah, I don't know how this feedback makes you feel, but yeah, if I was going to ask you, how does it make you feel? <laughs> my hope is you didn't drive here because now you could probably float home. Yeah. Yeah. After this, so. I feel like, oh my gosh, this all just yeah. went to my head. No, <laughs> this is it's amazing to hear this from from your level because like I feel like it's not it's not it doesn't happen very often for a lot of people but it's it's extremely wanted it's nice it's very nice in here it makes me excited to want to do more so my dad i emailed him when i got the email from uh the lieutenant and i was like dad what do i say i don't speak air force that well what do i do and he was <laughs> all like i want the link to this podcast immediately yeah. <laughs> what what pointers did he give you uh, he did not. My dad's currently in Korea right now, so we're a little time zone off right now, but uh, he's out there for an exercise. And uh, What do you think he would tell you? He, uh, what advice um, probably, would he share? He would probably tell me just to stay humble and uh, use tact. Mm -hmm. But uh, tact has been something that's been on all of my initial feedbacks. <laughs> The lack thereof, maybe a little too outspoken, a little too truthful sometimes, but. Can you imagine him right now laughing oh, at he's you probably gonna trying die. to fish? <laughs> since this is the debrief, uh, yeah. do you find any truth to that? To the lack of tax? Yes. Absolutely. Um, there are many areas that I need to work on in my career, and I'm going to hit 13 years in November, and I'm still learning a lot as I go, but. Uh, the time and place for certain conversations and how you approach things mm -hmm. is how things change or get done. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I had a talk with Sergeant Slater the other day how we were going to change the Air Force. And uh, I feel like you have to do it and approach it in a, in a certain manner. And young Sergeant Ariel did not know how to approach things. She just blurted them out and just hoped for the best. <laughs> it's not uncommon. Um, I think, you know, this is, I, I love this. We're going to, this is going to be a great onion to peel back. This gets back to the conversation about truth to power on the things of consequence, um, how the timing and how we have conversations and we could go all the way down to chief talks about this all the time about the power of relationships. And I'm, I'm a big believer that the, the power that we, that we have and the strength of, of getting things done is in relationships. So there's a, you know, it comes down, that's the balance. I think part of what you're talking about there is, is how do I, provide feedback. I mean, if it's life limb or eyesight, it, it needs to be unfiltered and immediate. But outside of that, now it becomes a question of when and how. But it's really important to be able to have that. And ideally, unless it's really toxicity or there's somebody that is really harming teammates, then it really comes down to how do I preserve relationship in the process? And I think that's the part you're getting at. So it sounds like maybe maybe in the beginning, uh, it was, you know, roll the grenade and, and uh, the frag pattern goes out and, Absolutely. you know, we just clean up afterwards. But, uh, yeah. So you learn, but but you think you've learned? I, I don't see that, you know, I don't work with you every single day, but that's not what comes across at the table right now. I'm uh, learning. You, see, I've right? learned. You're learning. <laughs> right. Yeah, your humility to, to tell us that yeah. that was spot on feedback. Um, as a person that probably spoke uh, before he thought a little bit myself when I was your rank. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, when they say, uh, and, and the boss kind of hit this, but uh, I'm a little quotes person, so uh, a smart person knows what to say, a wise person knows when to say it. Mm -hmm. um, timing's everything mm -hmm. uh, with some things, and uh, knowing your audience is important, where your left-right limits are. Um, but you know, I, I expect a little fire from our NCO mm -hmm. core, right? And yeah. i rather y'all speak truth to power and get it out, but it's our job to shape y'all. Uh, so the fact it sounds it sounds like you got a good mentor that's 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 trying to set you up for the long game, which is which is awesome because can you speak in a way as a professional? Mm -hmm. I think that's the key yep. and yeah. refining in an that message. Way, or, yes, sir. Or reduced emotional way that where you can where you can do both, and I think most times you can, if if done in a way. But I agree with Chief though. Now I, you'll hear you you probably haven't directly heard me talk about this. I don't know if our PA folks have, but. Um, I, grit, a little grit in the system is good. I am a fan of some grit at the table. If there's a position or an issue that needs to get fleshed out, that's how you get a pearl. You, you have to have that grit in the system. It, it can't just all be everybody in, in perfect synchronization all the time because that's not realistic. So we know if that's the way a team feels, like everything is great, there's no issues out there, you're just not looking in the right places, or somebody is just not speaking truth to power. Absolutely. And so it's really, this is a powerful conversation. Yeah, and sir, you remember when we went to uh, AFA, mm -hmm. to the Wing Commander, Command Chief um, breakout session. Yeah. I remember Adam Grant, that author, uh, he pointed a little quadrant in this little feedback that he was giving us. And he said, uh, do you know who your disagreeable givers are? Right, so people that give, that are giving for the right reasons, but they're willing to disagree uh, at the end of the day for, for others, not for themselves. And that was pretty powerful to yeah. me, just from a, huh, 
do I know who those people are? And am I, are we helping shape them to be more, a little more professional, but we know their heart's in the right place? Yeah. That's a great point. Great way to look at it. I think ALA opened my eyes up to a lot of that, though. In the Air Power Leadership Academy? Yes, yes. So did y'all get into that in some of your sub-sessions? We did. <laughs> we, yeah, that course was amazing for us. It, it was, so I went in, I'm not going to lie, I went in. Um, one topic we had um, get involved in a, in an organization, and uh, somebody was like, "Oh yeah, five six is great," and I was like, "No, no, absolutely not. I don't agree with that at a hundred percent." Because when I didn't get when I didn't get promoted a few times, the first question I was asked was, "Well, were you in five six? And I was like. No, but I was in these other organizations. Why does five six carry such a big weight? Why is that one so important? And then we like chewed on it for like the entire course. <laughs> and now, now I'm like, well, how am I supposed to fix something I don't like if I'm not in it? Mm -hmm. So now I'm taking steps to get involved more with that and shape it to where other NCOs who think like me can come in and see. It's not. It's not what they all say. It might. It's changing. So, what was your thoughts? What was the root issues with the five six before? I felt like um, it was ran by box checkers, the people who don't have any passion for what they're doing, but are just doing it to say they did it, essentially. And I wanted more passion from the NCOs that were in there, and and I'm getting it now. Um, there's a lot of NCOs in there with a lot of great ideas, and it's exciting to see where we're going to go this year. What are you hoping to get out of it? I'm hoping, well, I don't want to get something out of it. I'm hoping that we can give the NCOs something more. I want them to have more professional development. I want them to have more togetherness, essentially. Cohesion. Yeah, I want, the, I want the NCOs to be a team again. And I feel like when they said that we just do, because um, we were like, what, the, what are the funds for? And they're like, well, it's for the the staff promotion and the tech promotion. And I was like, what about the other NCOs that are already staffs and techs? What are we doing for them? And they're like, oh. And I was like, well, what if we do like a cookout or something to bring them all back together? Now that there's no membership dues and you can just join and be a part of it, I felt like we needed to get that back. Cool. Powerful. It is. I mean, <laughs> I think you, well, the part I like it about this too is that you've decided that a way to organizational change is to participate. I had an airman one time when I was when I was a young major, and I was talking to him, and we're talking about testing for staff, and he's like, "Well, I'm not studying because I don't want to make staff." Yeah. And I said, "Really? I said, That's not very inspiring. Like, why why don't you want to make staff? I just I just don't want to make staff." I was I kind of scratched my head and provided some mentoring and, you know, had had, you know, disconnected from that conversation. And then I, I kid you not, it was probably about three weeks later, I end up with a, another engagement and the I, I overheard the airman talking about something in the regulations that he did not like and saying, well, you know, that's just wrong. And I don't like that. I said, well, you've chosen to not influence it because you told me three weeks ago, you don't want to get promoted. So part of the discussion is, you know, you, you promote and participate in the process so that you can, you can change it. 
because it, it was a it was a local it was an internal it was an internal process and it's like if you want to have influence in your flight then you probably want to study and get promoted so that so that you can be in charge and you can be the supervisor and you can change that process Absolutely. so i think you you discovered that in the in the power of that which is pretty cool yeah i just that quote came into mind uh if you can't beat them, join them. Oh. It should actually be, if you want to beat them, join them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mind yeah. blown. Yeah. That's great. Sergeant Ganey, one of the, our conversation before uh, we started here on the, on the podcast, you mentioned you had just recently got back from a deployment. Uh, Do yes. you mind me asking you how that went? Uh, did you have a decent time over there? What did you do over there? I was deployed for seven months to Iraq. Um, I've been home for about a year now, um, but I stepped outside of my comfort zone. So I did a, uh, a task force deployment and uh, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I did SARM stuff and I augmented as Intel and I was the battle captain for our talk. Um, so I was coordinating missions that we were doing and diverting planes and all sorts of things. Um, it was civilian clothes, so I couldn't wear a uniform. Um, I, had an, I was on my own compound. I couldn't associate with other people. Um, and I was running two locations. I had Al-Assad and Erbil. So it was, it was amazing. I would go back tomorrow if I asked, but I need to stay here and do some more good work. <laughs> it's incredible. Tactical Operations Center, you mentioned the talk. I can't tell you how much, how much I've been forged in leadership experience in different talks in different places. I think there's a, a lot to be said about that. Pretty incredible that you stepped out with that wide of an aperture on the different things that you were out there doing. And that did come back. We've we've talked about this and some of the some of the packages that we've seen come up and different things and we're tracking. But that's was that your first deployment? No, my first deployment was in 2012 to Al Dafra with the KC-10s. I was just straight SARM for four months. Mm -hmm. Was in and out, but Al Dafra. So what number was this for you? Two. This is just number two. Was this a better deployment than the previous one? Yes, it was. So I felt like I was in a spot here, not just here but like in my life where it was very um groundhog's day you know you wake up same thing every day and to do this deployment really brought back the fire inside and was like okay i'm gonna do this this is how we do it and to see the impact that all the little steps have to make those missions happen out there from stateside to everybody having a piece in it was it was amazing that's, that's cool. awesome it's inspiring so I, one of the biggest things about this is mentorship. And I think it's going to be, you know, normal. What would you, what advice would you give airmen under you or even other uh, NCOs? Uh, just some very general advice. Uh, more specifically, let me ask you about airmen who want to make NCO make that staff sergeant, make that tech sergeant, what advice would you give them? Study hard, study hard. The system works. A lot of people were very concerned when the EPRs changed um, from the, you're not gonna be a firewall five, we're gonna rate you what you actually are kind of thing. And uh, 
the work speaks for itself. Like you, if you work hard and you do what you're supposed to do and you care, I think you'll, you'll see the system works. But if you don't care, I don't think it's going to work out for you. Yeah, that's something we talk about all the time is trying to, when we talk about forging the world's most inspired, proficient, and adaptive mobility warriors, we, we say it a lot, but I, we really mean it. And you're, what you're hitting on is that inspired part. That's the, the firing, fire in the belly, you know, the heart of the lion kind of thing that you, but you have to care. You do. You have to want to own your battle space um, as, as what, in, in whatever you're doing. And so I wish I could bottle that up. I talk about this. I think we might've said this in the very first one, but I'm coming back to it again. Cause it's, it's that important, but it is kind of contagious. And chief and I remember when we were on the mall in DC and there was a bunch of litter and garbage and we were walking as a group for AFA and we started just picking up some of the litter because we were walking and we just didn't like the fact that there was litter on the national mall. And lo and behold, guess what happened? Other people just started picking it up. Now, maybe it's because we're in leadership positions or whatever, but I, I just I just like to think in that little vignette that part of that's what you're saying, which is, you know, if somebody cares, it can be contagious and other people will other people will start at least rising to meet the standard that you're setting. Plus it makes it fulfilling. Yeah. That's the other piece. Uh, if you're just driven by the next carrot. Um, when you get there, it's, it's, it's hollow, right? So uh, I've seen people that when they don't get promoted or things just don't work out that specific cycle, uh, it doesn't define them. And that's powerful when they instead focus on, on all the other values and whatnot and pour into their airmen and continue to be a good teammate, uh, continue to be a good, great parent or husband or wife. Uh, I've seen that those are the folks that uh, long-term do better in our Air Force than the yeah. folks that seem just driven for the sake of being driven. Yeah, the transactional piece, you know, that that part you described there, just, just looking for the next carrot or a transactional approach, I think, to Chief's point, can have some. Yeah, Chief, would you say that that's kind of like ver people checking boxes versus, you know, getting to actually know somebody and you know, somebody with some personality and some character, you know, there, there is a difference between the two. Uh, and is that what you were kind of getting at? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Box checking to me, there's a couple of things with that is, uh, have we really explained the why behind things? Like, why does this matter for you to go? Is it to check a box or for you to continue to grow in a, another area? You know, when I, the five, six, I look at that for me, the benefit I would want to see that you get, that's a giving piece is go network. Absolutely. You can network with your fellow NCOs and, and guess what? Now that means that you can take care of issues at your level because you have some up and out, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Zen to you now. I, I, I'm, I'm not using the words correctly yeah, right now, but you have some influence that's up and out where you can take care of problems at your level, which means as a chief, you're more valuable to the institution and to your airmen. Uh, and, and that's really good. And then the other piece is that you're growing. You're continuing to grow. And guess what? If peers want to follow you um, that are nowhere in your chain of command, I think that's the other uh, very, very powerful piece that goes there. Um, but I, some of the box checking to me is, are, are we, again, instilling the right core values? And if I have an airman that's going just to box check, I'm going to wonder, what are you doing back at your, in your backyard, back in your unit? Um, 
my big thing is take care of your backyard before you try to take care of somebody else's, meaning develop your airmen, take care of your unit, the cleanliness, the, the appearance, um, all, the, all those things, are you doing that before you're trying to go uh, clean up other squadrons and groups and wings? And if that's not happening, then I don't want you to go. Uh, I'd rather you focus that time and attention within your own uh, backyard. So uh, what just happened there is uh, Chief Lorch's famous, uh, what do you call it, just going into a diatribe. So <laughs> I think you're hitting on depth. There yeah, needs to be asking. depth behind what you're doing. And institutionally, when we say these are the things we want airmen to do because it develops X, Y, or Z, their character, their leadership ability, their skill sets on the job, those things make sense. And like Chief said, it's when people aren't doing it for the right reasons or they're trying to do a touch and go when they when they really need to be taking care of their business. There needs to be depth there and purpose behind it. And that's when we move away from that or when we lose focus on that part, that's when we get into the regime of box checking, which isn't helpful. Uh, Chief, one of your best questions that I really enjoy is, uh, and I'm going to ask Sergeant Ganey for you if it's okay. Please. Is there's there's a day. Like him, oh, oh my gosh. I don't think I can say it word for word, to. though. There's there's the day you signed the dotted line and you enlisted, but there's the day that, oh gosh, what is it? The there's the, the day you, really yeah, that you really served. The day you joined versus the day you. you yeah, the day you. When you enlisted versus the day you joined are sometimes different. Like, and to me, one is when you enlist for whatever reasons and the day you join, you're committed to the institution. So quick debrief for you, Jance, is write it down next time. Yeah, <laughs> right, I see, I'm right. That'll help. But my question to you is, uh, and, and I know Jance very well, and I can, I know my audience, so I can uh, be a little more honest and, uh, and be a little playful too. You did, that's actually really good. I appreciate, I was like, I'm, I'm actually humbled that you remember that. Oh, it's got to be there. But sorry, but for you, Ariel, does that are those two dates one and the same, or are they different? And can you tell us perhaps that that watershed moment that got you there? Uh, I think they're both the same. Wow. I think they're both the same. Um, only because like this is my entire life. Like I've never thought about getting out or having a job on the outside. Like this, this is it. I might, I might need to take a step and start being more prepared. Like just in case something ever happened or something like that. But uh, no, if my heart and soul were was in the Air Force the day I raised my hand. So, do you have do any moments stand out that just reinforces your commitment to service that you thought this is why serving is so amazing? Man. Um, I don't know. I would. I guess like the. I want to say the day I got my JCOM, my Joint Service Combination Medal. Um, I haven't. At the debt we were at, there weren't a lot of one Charlies getting those, so getting one of those was very special to me. That's a big deal. It is. It was very special. So I'm very proud of that moment. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. But. So we, we got your advice. We got day joined versus day enlisted. Uh, what are, I don't, I don't believe we asked you, what motivates you oh, to get, a, get out of bed and do your job every day? People. People. People motivate me. Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I don't do it for me. I do it for the people. Right. And if I didn't have such leader, such good leadership from wing down, I don't think it would be the same outcome. It, it really, it really makes a difference when you've got like your own chief walking in and checking on you, and the command chief's walking in and checking on you, and all the other people are coming in to check on you, and it's just like, wow, they care. I care too. Look at that, and then like, the system works. But uh, yeah, I. I People motivate me. People motivate me. No, you have no idea um, how reassuring that is to hear. Because yeah. that's, I would say, Colonel Baker and I. That's like that's our that's our jam now. Yeah. The mission, For obviously, sure. right? Getting For the sure. mission done, but you do it through people. Yeah. yeah. And that's the piece that I like to think we're fueled by airmen. We we had a rough week. The next day is amazing. That's our five monsters because of the airmen that we get to engage with every single day. Yeah, I, I would I would absolutely agree with that. And in fact, a lot of times at the flight commander courses, some of the preparatory courses like Officer Leadership Academy and Air, Air Power Leadership Academy, that's something that I, I try to I try to start off with. And the fundamental thing that I that I usually say in those is this is a fundamentally human business that you're about to step into for flight commanders and flight chiefs and folks that are going into those leadership roles, which you as a supervisor and eventually as a senior NCO will step into. And the sooner that you recognize that and accept it for exactly what it is, the better I think you can be as a leader, which means this, what I come back to on that is that yes, there are certainly challenges with, with in the human business. You know, there's challenges, things can get sticky, things can get really tough. There's personalities involved, there's life involved, there's lots of contact with, with tough problem sets. But at the end of the day, that is also the great reward. There is nothing like seeing an airman grow and being a part of that growth and being part of a successful team that that wins on the battlefield or wins on the flight line or name your place forward in the talk, like you said, pretty incredible stuff. So I, I feel that from you. I mean, that is a, the way you put it is, is perfect. And I'm hopefully given a little elaboration there to, to, you know, make the point that to, I, that's another thing I wish we could bottle up and that, that folks, um, and there's a lot of people that are out there that, that feel that same way and it makes a difference. And clearly it's making a difference with, how you operate, cool stuff. And uh, gentlemen, we're kind of winding down here a little bit. Um, I mean, if there's anything else you'd like to ask Sergeant Ganey, uh, or you know, just pick at her a little bit. I mean, the floor is yours uh, if you'd like. I don't know about picking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't pick on me. <laughs> Hey, or questions for us. We, we can go either way, too. You can it's always, really, uh, the, yeah, you can ask them a question, too. So, you know? so I, have I, have one for, I have one for you. Like, what would you say, is, what, what is one of your best leadership pieces of leadership advice? Oh, man. Um, to be a servant leader, I would say, is my best leadership advice. Um, once you stop trying so back in back in the younger days, I was like um, a rank chaser. I wanted to make the next rank. I wanted to do anything I could to get that next rank. And once, like, I just had the epiphany, and I was like, you know what? It's not about me anymore. It's about the people. And then once that changed, things started progressing and started going in a different way for me. So 
I would say the servant leadership style is my best advice. Don't, nice. don't yeah. forget your people. Scary. What about for us? Do you have questions for us? I do. I, I have one. I just want to know, like, getting to pick your number two and you guys working together, how is that, like, it makes you guys very strong, but how do you guys balance each other out? How is your harmony? So we did, I, I think it's very interesting. We, we, did not, we did not know this. I did not know this in the hiring process for the command chief. I, I like to think that, you know, obviously I had a good process. I had five folks on the slate. They were all amazing. Um, but, you know, this, this chief here, the fundamental question I was trying to answer is, who is the right command chief for the men and women of Altus Air Force Base? Trying to answer that fundamental question. It turns out after we, and we'd had a little chance to work together. So we knew that we knew that there was, um, I, we hadn't consciously characterized it this way, but there was balance between us. What we found is we took a personality profile before the offsite back in September, and we are almost a mirror image of each other on personality traits. Oh, awesome. Now we're both pretty, you know, relatively within a, within a, couple within a standard deviation or so of, of a baseline. So we're not like firewalled in one or the other, but where he has, where he has peaks on, on strengths, um, you know, I will have an, I will have an opposite or where he peaks in one trait, I kind of have the opposite wave in the other. So I think that, that kind of shows that and demonstrates it. But I think in terms of the relationship, uh, I, th I think that, that that's a good fit. There's, there's definitely balance there. I, I think what we hope that the team sees, and what I this is another thing at flight commander courses and different courses that I try to always point out is the real strength of this is the relationship. And so if you if you and the team pick up on on the fact that you know there is deep trust here, and that we are both committed to to serving to your point the the men and women here, and that you know we are we are focus together with the same vision, then I think that can be really powerful. And I think that is really the strength of when we, we talk a lot about the power of our NCO core and our senior NCO core and the officer core, and we, we talk about the dynamics of those. And I think it's really important and special. And I agree that is a competitive advantage, but what's also a competitive advantage and, and maybe the, the most powerful one is in the relationship that we have. And so, and I think that that flows down. So if there is a tight, productive, deep trust relationship between the commander and command chief, then that goes down to the group level, that goes down to the squadron level, and it goes down to the flight level. And so there's an example there that, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're set. That's how I see it. How do you, how do you see it? Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we make music. Uh, yeah. Yes. There's never a bad day, I think. Uh, maybe some tough days, but yeah, for sure. Not, but not necessarily between us. I mean, I'm at the point now where I just don't want to let you down, uh, and that's a good place to be, because I am absolutely trusted. But you know, you're my Colonel Baker's my 11th commander. Like I've worked for 10 other commanders directly after SEL, whether at the squadron or, or group level, and now at the wing. Um, but I've never had a relationship like this with a commander. It's still professional, I think, and that's the other part. We know each other well enough where uh, he's Colonel Baker, I'm Chief Flores. Uh, but we can get down to the brass tacks mm -hmm. of, of talking about issues. And I'll give you one, my, one debrief moment for me that was great, and it showed the strength of this relationship was uh, we had a situation where I worked really hard 
through the chief channel to get something smooth out that I thought everybody wanted. Uh, but I never closed the loop with a specific group commander. And there was a little bit of fallout. And I felt like I was, I kind of got a raw deal out of the situation. And Colonel Baker, you know, he, he kind of made sure everything was good, but he let me stew in it for a day. And then he said, uh, put yourself in the, in the other commander's shoes. Ask yourself where maybe things could have gone sideways. And, and uh, he kind of walked me down the path of uh, where uh, I should be owning a piece of that. And I'm being vague for a reason, uh, but that was a great moment for me to, to one, one, learn uh, one of my blind spots, uh, which was I probably moved out a little bit too quickly and didn't communicate full intent with the people around me. Um, uh, and two, uh, the, the bigger one was that uh, it's business. No need to, to get fired up about it. And I got pretty fired up about mm -hmm. it. And that's part of my passion and service yeah. is that uh, sometimes if uh, I put my heart and soul into everything, um, you respond emotionally, which is another important thing. Go, go into things with heart and soul, but uh, if it's going to be a negative response, lead with the head on that yeah. one, yeah. Uh, not with your heart. And that's important because uh, people will shut you out really quickly if you lead with the heart on negative type of feedback because uh, folks don't want to hear it. I don't think so. Yeah, it's really got to be got to be thoughtful, and um, you know, there's time and place on it, but it needs needs to be thoughtful. I agree, I, but I will tell you too, since he used some examples. But we talked about truth to power. We had a we had a great conversation. I, I don't actually remember what the specific issue was, and this is what what he's talking about in the relationship and how there has to be there has to be that that part where this is the this is just a ground truth, and it was a it was an issue. I don't think it was highly consequential, but it was, it was an important issue. And chief asked me, he said, Hey, sir, just, just curious, like on, on this message, um, what, what you said was this, what was heard was this, was that what you wanted to say? And I said, absolutely not. He said that was exactly the opposite. He's like, well, sir, I'm just going to tell you, I, I think that's what got heard. I was like, uh, all right, let me get this back in the box. Um, but without that, you know, without that fundamental truth to power piece, you know, everybody goes on and there's either a miscommunication or, or worse, there's a interpretation of something that wasn't intended. And that's, that's not good. So I, you know, that you asked a quick, we could probably riff on this for a really long time, but it's really important. And I appreciate you asking that because it's something that I've always in, in from squadron command and up to now have been trying to put my finger on that I still haven't fully figured out and I, I haven't got my thoughts really, really gathered in a very succinct way, which is why it's taken a while to get through this. But there is something in the power of the enlisted corps officer relationship that when it is right and represented in those ways, anything is possible. That's how we, that is how we outmaneuver our adversaries, frankly. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really proud of this. Uh, of this relationship, and I say all the time, if I got, if I get no decisions right in wing mm. command, I know I got one right. So, and, and making that higher. Yeah, you know, so. and we don't say it's no, but you throw in Colonel Pavlichok, and that's a great. Yeah, we got a. We got a great. Give vice. a shout out to him. He, yeah, he is phenomenal. Sometimes, and you know, sometimes. Uh, I mean, we we share values. We're we're different in our approach, me and Colonel Baker. But there's times where he comes in and uh, reigns in our parade with other data and we're like, oh, 
but he's right. Yeah. And he keeps the trains going and Definitely. he's the, you call him the trusty vice. A trusty vice he is too. And he, he keeps the trains moving on time and keeps us, keeps our process integrity square. And yeah, he's been phenomenal to have up there. So that's our, our third leg of the, of the triad up there. Absolutely. Cool. Anything else? Yeah. Any other questions? Was that your, that sounds like a softball. We can talk about that. It's like asking the, 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 the gym person, why do you like working out? So. Yeah. <laughs> um, in ALA, I don't know if you guys remember, when you were walking out, we were talking about um, trust and how you yeah. guys trust yourselves in your leadership and um, how it makes a good team, like like looking up at mm-hmm. like the squadron command section and stuff like that, the trust that they have with each other. Then I asked, does the trust go with the transparency? And you guys were like, absolutely. They are hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And the transparency that you guys give us is amazing. I will say that. There's not one time we've met where I can't say something and you guys give me like the real transparency between your decisions or like um, whatever is happening that we're asking about. But I appreciate that part. That's good. Appreciate that. I mean, it's good feedback for us. It helps us reinforce because trust me, we get plenty of feedback. It's not it's not always good, yeah. and we try to take that um, as well too. But it helps us reinforce the the good things that are working out there. And I do think, and this this comes up in flight commander courses, and um, I won't riff on this too long. But it is important that you know you have to understand, particularly as your the size of your organization increases, the decisions that are made are going to have cascading effects and there's going to be larger population sets and it is almost certain that some folks will not be satisfied with that decision but what i have truly found is that if when making a decision and this is the transparency piece if you can articulate in one two or three points what the rationale behind that decision is and it's not emotional and it's thought through there's logic there then most people can live with it. They might say, yeah, I don't agree with that, but okay, I see how you got there. Let's move on. So I think, you know, that's an important part of the decision-making dynamic for leaders. And as you continue to, as y'all all continue to stay around our airports and do great things, hopefully that can be a little arrow in your quiver to, to think through as, especially as the decisions get more consequential because ultimately everybody won't be happy, but if you can always articulate how you got there and it, and it makes sense, then uh, even the, those that disagree can at least go, okay, let's move on. So yeah, we, we certainly try to. And the hard business of the business that we're in is we can't always articulate every component of that because some of it is Air Force business. Uh, some of it is personal to a member or somebody who's involved in a situation. So. It does make it a little harder to navigate that all the time. Some, sometimes, you know, folks see, you know, our inability to communicate details for, for good reason because there's sensitivities for other people, families, or Air Force business as a lack of transparency, which is not always the case. Right. Sometimes, and sometimes it's just not time yet. Like we, more information is coming, but the time is not right now. So these are, you're hitting on some things but thank you for the feedback we'll keep trying to reinforce that yes yeah brutal brutal transparency is like my tagline Mm -hmm. uh it's not always brutal if it's if it's true and consistent and considerate of the person but uh that's something that we're big on i mean whether it's corrective actions going around the wing um people want to know that uh, things were upheld and i think transparency is the component 
that really goes after the gray sometimes. Mm -hmm. Those grayer details that if you let it fester, uh, it can kind of erode a, a unit. So the more you can be transparent, even if it's the ugly truth sometimes, yeah. uh, that's the best policy. Agreed. Great questions. You had a do you have a list over there no, of no. like uh, <laughs> sort of really thought provoking questions and these some of these seed the next Yeah, exactly. it's we're always learning every podcast, which is great. It's the debrief. That's yeah. why it's called the debrief. We're always learning. Um but as we wrap up here, um I know you asked a couple questions. Um you, it's your show. Do you want to give any shout outs to anybody before before we log off? <laughs> um, I blame Sergeant Williams, uh, Carrie Williams for the 5-6 because I told her if she ran for a seat, I would go and support her. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Sh shout out Sergeant Williams. Yep, yep. <laughs> She's a she's a, a fellow. call out. Did you say call out? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Williams is another one of the five a.m. Uh, oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. Keeps. she's in there every every morning getting after it. She yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, we can't thank you enough for your time and for coming out. Um, it's it's always a pleasure. Every guest we have, we it's always a different conversation too. Yeah. As as. Colonel Baker says there's always a different onion to peel, I feel like. There's always different topics. You know what's the same, and I feel like I have to tell our, our listeners, is that your coffee cup is oh, consistently yeah. here again. It's going to be consistently here I told every him I was single good time. Mug. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> hey, thanks again. Well, thank you for having Colonel, me. Colonel, Chief, really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, it's always a pleasure sitting down with you guys and getting, getting to do this debrief. It's a privilege. Yeah. Um, is there anything anything else you guys want to want to leave us at? I just say thanks as well. I have my thanks, and I, I think this tact thing that you mentioned is, has <laughs> seem, seemingly come along very well. So I hope um, so. Yeah. Did you ever tell us your Did you ever tell us your dad's name? I'm sorry. Oh, it's uh, it's Maxie Ganey. Maxie. So Chief Ganey Chief would Ganey. be. He's gonna. He can be really proud when he hears this. I have a feeling. So there's so. your shout out. <laughs> We, yeah, Chief Ganey, if you need any other insight that we can't do on the air, send me a note. Oh, yeah, you will too. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Chairman Jantz. Thanks, Sergeant Ganey. Yeah, thank, thank you, you all. See you next time.